You're listening to the Libraries Unlimited podcast. Welcome. Welcome to the Libraries Unlimited podcast. This is a podcast that looks at the buildings, books and the people of the library service in Devon and Torbay. My name is Lee and I'm your host. Joining me as always will be my co-host Callum. Today in episode one, we will be talking to our Chief Executive Officer, Alex Cattell. And he will be telling us about what makes Devon Libraries and Libraries Unlimited so special. Yes, welcome to episode one of the podcast. This is very exciting. Uh, this is our first one, of course. So uh, we are going to endeavour to make sure this is a great podcast for you to listen to. We do have um, Alex Cattell, our chief exec, to talk to. Uh, he will be spilling the beans on how he sees Libraries Unlimited at the moment, when he took it over and in the future as well. But before we go there, I would like to introduce my good friend and co-host, Callum. Hello, Callum. How are you doing? Yes, I'm doing very well, Lee. Thanks for well letting me letting me sit here and talk for a bit it's basically just look the theory is let's just get together and talk about the library service in devon and torbay you know there's there's a lot of i guess formal things to look forward to we're going to be talking about the services that we provide we're going to be talking about events that are coming up you know and so you'll get to know like what goes on in your local library but more importantly i think you'll get to know the people that work in the library um you know, right from the customer service assistants, the library assistants, all the way up to the, the CEO of Libraries Unlimited. So I think it's just important that people at Devon and Torbay can uh, yeah. get, get friendly with the staff. Callum, where, where is it you've come from then? What, what kind of background have you come from to come to libraries and why libraries? 10, 15 years, like first job I ever had was working in a restaurant and the last job I had before libraries was working in a restaurant. But um, You do like somebody off a of MasterChef, I have to say. Oh, is that just because I'm bald and I've got glasses? You're telling me I look like Greg Wallace. That was great. Yeah, so I was sick of people in the restaurant industry telling me that I look like Greg Wallace. So I left <laughs> and decided to get a job in a library. That's Now, I, I moved to libraries about three years ago, really. Um, I'm so glad I did. Within within seconds of, of, of reading the job description, I'm like, wow, that, that looks like an amazing place to work. It looks like they do some amazing things. I, I, I really hope I get it. And But yeah, so restaurants to libraries. Um, I don't think it's much different, actually. It's quite a busy environment that you're that you're working in, especially an extra library. Yeah, no, no. I, I used to say that uh, it's exactly the same, except uh, instead of serving food, you're just serving books. So, Callum, you've got a really great idea. It's a one-minute book interview. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we just had this idea to do a recurring segment called the Lightning Book Review, where we challenge uh, members of staff of Libraries Unlimited to review a book uh, that they've read within the past few months, uh, but they've only got a minute to do it. We, we thought it might, might be quite interesting to surprise them with the book. So w- when we get a member of staff, we're going to look on their borrower history on, on the library management system. Just say, review that book. Uh, we've got one a little bit later in the show uh, that was really funny to record. Um, a woman called Jo Lawrence, who also works at Exeter Library South. I look forward to that. But in the meantime, let's talk to Alex. So, Alex, you are holding the company position of CEO. Been with the uh, company now for a year. Wow, yes. Um, uh, so it's actually the 3rd of June that I started, so I'm not quite a year. So I still use the excuse that I'm new because I still don't feel uh, like I've got all the answers. And it'll probably take years to get a full understanding of what we do. And um, How have I found it? Yeah, I've loved it. It's great, Libraries Unlimited. There's some great people doing some great stuff. Uh, libraries are so much more than the vast majority of the public understand what a library to be. Um, I knew we had huge potential, and that's one of the things that I wanted to 
uh, join Libraries Unlimited for really, but I didn't realize the breadth of services that we currently provide. Um, so yeah, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed meeting people. Um, there's a lot of passion. I think what excites me most is is the future. There's so much potential. We're scratching the surface of what we could be doing. It's been hard work. There's big challenges we've had to tackle, but yeah, we're getting there. Indeed. Um, so just a little bit about who you are, actually. So what, what was your background before you came to Libraries Unlimited, Alex? Yeah, so I started out um, after university as an engineer, joined the Ministry of Defence, did project management, got chartered there. Um, and then went abroad, uh, ran a, a sort of NGO in Tanzania, or just off the coast, um, a team of engineers and teachers. So we, we taught, um, we built a vocational training centre and taught calm mechanics, computing and English. And then uh, the last 10 years have been in Bristol um, and was running a charity development trust there, South Mead Development Trust, and sort of grew it from a, a large community centre to, um, I don't know, a healthy living centre, a social enterprise hub. All these things we took on a youth center we delivered contracts with the, the clinical commissioning group public health uh, we started building houses and had a, set up a program for 600 homes that we would own as community-owned housing all of those sort of things uh, for two reasons one to serve the community uh, but the other one to diversify income streams so that we were more sustainable financially um, and that's where i think um, you know libraries unlimited has huge potential we can be uh, more um, it's not about being independent it's about having multiple income streams so that we're not vulnerable uh, should one of those uh, income streams dry up um, so we can keep having the impact making doing the good work that we we love doing yeah i can see how your your past job has now kind of meshed with uh, what um, libraries unlimited is and, and what it's, it's going towards what what do you think libraries unlimited actually stands for uh, so what does libraries unlimited stand for i think we're we're about a passion for for reading we love books we love reading uh, but it's more than that uh, reading and libraries why do they exist they exist because they are part of communities so we're about communities we're about relationship we're an, about enabling people to reach their full potential uh, both as individuals, but also as part of a community. So we're here to build those connections, to provide opportunities, to uh, enable resources to be uh, reached by everyone. Yeah, so I think communities is, is a great word that I like using when it comes to libraries. And um, um, what I find really interesting is people within the library sector and regular users know that libraries have uh, mums and toddlers singing nursery rhymes. They know that there's coding clubs and teenagers playing with drones and toys and, and youngsters doing Lego. And But uh, someone like me... Uh, before I started this job, wouldn't have had a clue. I thought libraries were primarily about bookshelves uh, and about going in and being quiet in the building and using the books outside the building. Um, so they are community hubs, really. Yeah, and the library service in Devon Torbay obviously are, are no longer run by um, local government and have become this charity. What are the benefits of becoming a charity for a library, do you think? Uh, so the benefits essentially means that we can uh, make decisions a bit quicker we can potentially access other funding that local authorities can't and that we can be a bit more focused. We don't have to do all the other things that local authorities have to do. We focus on providing a great library service. Um, I think the word charity is quite often misunderstood. So as a charity, we cannot make a profit to pay shareholders, to pay dividends. Uh, we and all charities seek to make a surplus to, to generate income in order to deliver their charitable objectives. And our charitable objectives are very clear. Uh, it's about serving the communities, providing a library service. So we want to generate as much income as we can do that to meet those objectives. A lot of our money comes from the local authorities, from Devon County Council and Torbay Council. But we want to increase the impact and increase our income streams. So uh, we don't just want to sort of provide a service in line with how much money the local government can afford. The point of us being an independent charity is we can add value. We can bring in other resources. So we've got a big chunk of money from the Arts Council recently, and that enables us to provide a load of other uh, activities that 
uh, wouldn't happen if we were just within the local authority. Through the British Library, we're part of a consortium uh, where we've managed to secure a big grant for helping and supporting people uh, start businesses. So we can access uh, other funding and therefore provide other services that one might not be able to provide if you're just in the local authority. It says on the Libraries Unlimited website that we're taking a new approach, reimagining library services and adopting a new social enterprise structure that allows us to innovate and to support our local goals, which you covered a bit actually there. Can you break that down even, even further? I mean, what does that actually mean to the, the library users that come in every day and, and take their books away, for instance? I think to some people it doesn't mean much, won't make much difference, you can still borrow books. I think some people uh, who probably don't go into to libraries that often, walking into, say, Exeter Library or Barnstable Library and seeing a 3D printer there is a bit of a shock. But that's a natural thing that we should be having in our library. It's a resource that we want to make available to, to the public. Before people really had books in their homes, there were books in the libraries that people could borrow. Before people had uh, DVDs and, and video cassettes in their homes, uh, they were in the library so you could borrow them. What's the thing now? Well, we've got 3D printers that people can't afford to have in their homes. We'd have them in the libraries. What's the future? Potentially virtual reality, augmented reality. You know, we want to be providing services and resources so that people can access them and benefit from them. That doesn't mean at all that we will be walking away from books. Books is our, is our love. That's why we exist. Um, and there will always be a, a need and a demand for physical books. And yes, ebooks and audiobooks is, is growing in usage, particularly during this period of lockdown. But there will always be a need for physical books. I have no doubt about that. There's something special about holding a book and reading it, turning the pages. And actually, just touching on the lockdown, we're in a lockdown period at the moment. And we're still offering our services online in lots of different ways. This is a very odd time for you. It must be as a CEO to, to, to try and think outside the box. Are there, are there thoughts about how this has, this has changed or might change the future of the way we work when we come back out of lockdown? Yeah, I think um, uh, there's a great phrase a few of us have been using, which is uh, we've been able to do three years worth of change in three weeks or, or now it's sort of seven years worth of change in seven weeks. Uh, so there's some stuff we've been able to change for the better. I think the whole flexibility, the working from home, the uh, not being wedded to a desk. I think uh, some of our digital and online resources, I've, I've loved seeing um, so many of the Bounce and Rhyme things happening on, on Facebook Live. People interact there and, and the staff uh, really enter into it. Uh, you, can, you can see their facial expressions and how they're enjoying it. I think this is a great opportunity for us to reflect and say, what do we miss? What is it that the lockdown means that we can't do, that we really miss and we want to go back to continue doing? But also, what don't we miss? What have we done traditionally that actually no one will miss if we don't restart it? So let's stop those things and not feel we just have to go back and do behave in exactly the same ways and provide exactly the same services. Um, and then are there things that we weren't doing before and then maybe we're not doing now that we could restart afresh doing um, when we uh, come out the other side of this? I think also that, that this is a new normal. It's not going to be the same um, as it was before. So uh, a great opportunity to think through. Love the creativity that Libraries Unlimited has been able to show some of the initiatives that are already coming out. Um, also, I think some of the partnerships that we've been able to uh, start to develop, both with businesses, but also with other charities and uh, interesting uh, partnerships that we can explore further with food banks. Yeah, I think uh, it's an opportunity. It's certainly been challenging for some people. Um, and whilst the library may have left the building, the library service is more alive than ever. And there is so much more going on online uh, and outside the doors of the library than we've ever had before. I don't want to say I'm surprised, but I guess it is surprising how much we do and how busy everyone can be. Uh, not busy just doing sort of internal stuff and reorganizing themselves, but busy providing some great services. So, it, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, I can't predict the future. We won't be the same as we were before, but we will be uh, equally, if not more relevant. 
Alex, you're known as the ideas man. You do come out with some incredibly out of the box and sideways kind of ideas of, of ways of making money because we are now a charity and traditionally people who have worked in libraries haven't really had to think that way and you've come from a different position. It's been very, very interesting hearing some of your ideas. Yeah, so, um, oh, I do like ideas. I think we've, we've always got to be creative. We've always got to be reinventing ourselves. I think uh, it's really important for everyone, um, and particularly charities, to be thinking commercially. We need to be business-minded. Being a business-like doesn't mean that we're in it to make a profit so that we can be richer as individuals. Being business-like means we value every penny, every pound that we have, and we are custodians. We're responsible for those pennies and those pounds, and we want to make them go as far as they can. So as a charity, I believe we should be more business-like than businesses because we have a greater responsibility for every pound. And therefore, we want to make sure that we uh, get maximum impact and benefit from that money. Uh, but also we, we bring in as many pounds as we can in order to achieve our, our charitable objectives. Um, so we should be thinking, how much does it cost to run this activity? How much does it cost to run that event? How much does it cost to have the library building open? Um, and is it cost effective if we've only got a couple of people coming in through that hour, when if we were open late at night, say between 8 p.m. and 10 p.m., we'd have more people coming through? Uh, or, or on the weekends, or, or if we had different types of activity. And then uh, thinking commercially in terms of how do we generate income so that we can either stay alive and, and keep every library building in Devon open, uh, or ideally keep them open but for longer, uh, opening more hours, more days, and potentially building new libraries where they're needed. Yeah, we want to think creatively about how we can generate income. Yeah, I've shared quite a few of my ideas. There are some ideas that I haven't shared yet, and I think it'll be a few years before I feel confident enough to share some of them. But uh, I think assets, community assets, whether it's a, a church hall, a village hall, or a library hall, um, they are assets that belong to the community, not to individuals, and therefore they need to benefit the community. And so it's, it's almost morally wrong that they're or if they are closed more than they are open. We need to use them all the time to serve the community. Yes, there, there'll be increased costs in utilities and maintenance and wear and repair, but we should be generating the income to, to fund those. Um, so uh, if libraries are closed, how do we make them open? And overnight, Airbnb would be a great idea, uh, not least because it brings more people to that town, that community, to spend money locally, to enjoy the local community, but also it brings income that we can then use to you know, fund the, the library to be open an extra day a week. I think woodland is really interesting. Books are made of paper. Paper comes uh, from, from trees. So why don't we get into woodland? Let's aim to be carbon neutral. I mean, in some ways, libraries are all about the reuse economy. You know, borrow, buy once, use many times and share it out. That's what we're about. But we could do more. If we can say, borrow 10 books, donate 10 quid, and we'll, we'll plant 10 trees for that, um, and we will own those trees. Um, and then after 30 years, when they've, they've grown, we'll harvest them and use that uh, tree uh, to, to provide the pulp for the next round of books. Potentially, we'd have a, an income stream, a long-term income stream. We'd potentially be doing good for the environment. It's helping us be financially viable. We're not just thinking about the next political cycle and thinking 30 years ahead. How can we have income streams so that uh, future generations who, who've got my job and your job, who are working in the library service, can be sure that they can provide great services. So in, in the last year of working uh, with Libraries Unlimited and Devon Libraries, have you got any real high points that uh, kind of stick out for you? Uh, I think living in Devon is great fun. Uh, being near the beach, near Dartmoor, um, making new friends. We, we've integrated in a, in a great community down in, in Torquay. Um, so loving that. In terms of Library Unlimited, yeah, lots of different things. So one thing recently, the whole lock, lockdown and coronavirus, the 3D printer being used in Exeter to print PPE for the local GP surgeries, that's been a, a real encouragement um, and, a, and a high point. 
I think meeting staff, uh, there was one day I did a tour. I, I don't know, maybe I visited seven libraries. Um, and one of the last ones I, I, I visited, I walked through the door and they had one shelf which had no books on. It had a load of uh, micro bits. It had a little computer game with a TV, uh, a sort of console in the kids area. It had a table football in. For me, that was a real encouragement that this is still a library. The walls are stacked with shelves, um, but it's, it's relevant. I could bring my kids, my four boys here, and they would enjoy it. They wouldn't feel intimidated. They wouldn't feel put off. They wouldn't feel they're out of place. Uh, they would feel welcome. Meeting uh, folks who, who run our libraries, uh, we've got some diverse and amazing people, but uh, some who are trained youth workers, some who are, who've worked all their life in the retail and hospitality industry, uh, you can really tell that they bring that passion and bring it to work and open up doors that traditionally libraries wouldn't have opened up. Um, so I think it's really exciting to see how we can break down barriers. I think um, we've got a long way to go in, in how we create spaces that are welcoming to everyone. Libraries Unlimited uh, employ a lot of staff. They're all very passionate about their, their work. And they do bring actually different skills from their backgrounds. Yes, absolutely. I think um, we can all benefit from each other's experiences. What we don't want is, is one model that, that fits all. Everyone is different. Every community is different. Um, so each library should be different. Each library should uh, rightly be providing different services. Uh, some providing more sort of uh, online courses, more uh, stuff geared towards teenagers or young professionals or, or mums and toddlers, uh, some more to the elderly. Um, they should all be doing some things uh, the same. Um, we should all have mums and toddlers groups, uh, but but the um, the numbers of them and how they're, they're held could be different. Um, so we can really benefit from staff's background uh, and and we complement one another. People are, people are just different. We have different interests. Newton Abbott at the Pasmo Edwards Centre has a great thing on, on railway studies. Um, nationally, it's known for that. I think Newton Abbott and York would be two of the key places for uh, huge collections around railways. And to have some staff who are passionate about railways uh, is great to have on that team. One last question, I think. What do you like reading, Alex? Yeah, I, I get asked this question every now and then, not as much as I expected. And I never really know how to answer it. But I enjoy walking and the outdoors and canoeing and, and, and running. And so that leads on to the things I like reading about are not so much fiction, it's the non-fiction. So I've got a great book on spearfishing and I'm really improving my technique there. Um, probably the best book I've ever borrowed from a library was when I was about 12. And it's a book that taught me how to do an Eskimo roll whilst canoeing. Um, and I borrowed it during the summer holidays from the school library and over the summer holidays learned to do an Eskimo roll. So I really enjoy that. There's a lady called Francine Rivers that my wife reads that I really enjoy reading, actually. Um, that's, that's quite good fun. At the moment, I'm trying to read through the Bible in a year. That's uh, really interesting. There's bits which are uh, surprising, some that are challenging, some that are, uh, yeah, it's fascinating to read that. Um, but yeah, recently read uh, or started reading Great Expectations, and that was boring, so I didn't finish that. So um, I wouldn't say I love every book, um, but I do love reading when it, it ticks my boxes. Thank you very much, Alex. Have a lovely day. Cool, thank you. Well done for doing this. So thank you, Alex, for talking to us there. Now we're going to move on to the Lightning Book Review, where we challenge a member of staff to review a book that they've read within the past three months, but they've only got one minute to do it. What makes it difficult is that I'm going to surprise them. Uh, I've taken a deep dive into their borrower history. This week, I've asked a member of staff from Exeter Library called Jo to review one of her books. And well, it was a really entertaining couple of minutes talking to her. I'm just going to dive straight into it. At first, 
I asked her to review Party by Lisa Hall, but we ran into a little trouble. Um, I'll just play it, but maybe you can see what the trouble was. Right, so from what I can remember of this one, and I'm hoping I'm not getting mixed up with another one, is there's a load of people who go up to a retreat up in Scotland, I believe, and they have a party. They're pretty much snowed in, and a series of mysterious occurrences happen. Yeah, so it, it starts off pretty well. Um, she sort of seems to know what she's doing. She does a full minute. It's really entertaining. She does a full minute. She gets to the end, uh, and then... Well I can done. picture the front cover. I think it's the one with the stag on the front cover, isn't it? No. So I'm thinking of a whole different book. <laughs> and you just reviewed the wrong book? Uh, possibly. The party. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've reviewed the wrong book. Oh, Joe. <laughs> so she, she reviewed the wrong book. She got all the way to the end and she reviewed the wrong book. It was so funny listening to her. Oh, she was so devastated, like she was so mortified, like she wanted to get straight off the line. But, uh, but I managed to convince her to stay and, uh, and, and uh, eventually uh, to do it again. So um, after all of that, here is Jo um, reviewing Finding Martha Lost by Caroline Wallace. Hope you enjoy. So Mr. Gobbley's Phantom, um, it was recommended to me by a friend and to be perfectly honest with you, I was rather disappointed right at the very beginning in the first few chapters when I realised that Mr. Gobbley's Phantom was in fact the Phantom Rolls Royce. So it's a car. Uh, the premise of the story is basically Martin returns from war and is looking for some work and he meets Mr. Gobbley and he becomes a chauffeur slash handyman. Um, something happens to Mr. Gobbley which suggests maybe he could become a phantom after all but what I really liked about this book is all the places locally so um, they visit a solicitors in Southern Hay and Exeter they go to Exmouth, Oakhampton um, all the the local places in and around Exeter they they note and um, yes it was a good book but don't expect all the loose ends to be tied up at the end because it leaves you with more questions than it does answers and that's Miss Godley's Phantom by Mal Peet. Yeah, so the, the eagle-eared amongst you may have heard that I also made a mistake there. I introduced it as uh, Finding Martha Lost when it was actually Mr. Godley's Phantom. It's episode one. It's episode one. We're just finding our feet. That yeah. was Mr. Godley's Phantom, reviewed by Joe Lawrence. And that's all we've got time for this week. But a big thanks to our guest Alex for coming on the show and also a huge thanks to Callum, who has kind of created this podcast from literally nothing a few weeks ago. We'll be back next week with another episode of Libraries Unlimited podcast called A Time for Libraries. We'll see you then. Please follow Libraries Unlimited on Facebook and Twitter for all updates on the service as it happens. Libraries Unlimited is a registered charity, so if you can donate, please do head over to the Devon Libraries homepage at devonlibraries.org.uk